This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Hello, Joe. We meet again. Hello, Rich. How are you doing? Now we're out of the the mad panic of January. Oh, the mad panic is over and it feels absolutely blissful. I will say, despite the uh, advisory board minutes coming out on Tuesday, it was great to have minimum fuss this week. No peril. It's been really, really nice. Yeah, absolutely. It was It was nice not to have the, the, the general Tuesday drama. Um, the advisory board minutes didn't really throw anything too new into the mix, so... Uh, it was it was it was a calm week, and I think as a as a sort of collective, we needed that. Oh, I know I did. I know I did. How how have you been though, Joe? I'm always wary that you always ask how, how I'm doing. Sometimes I don't thank you for that, and then I don't ever ask you how you're doing. How are you? Yeah, I'm I'm doing doing well. I'm a you know I get I get, I'm I'm in the mindset of I get through these next two games, and I'm on holiday, so I'm uh, I'm in the end game for for this certain section, so. Uh, there's 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 the end in sight for me. Yeah, and it is the end game. Where are we going? Off to Madrid. Um, so while Swindon are playing MK Dons, uh, I'll be watching Atletico Madrid play Las Palmas. So uh, another one of my random footballing excursions to get away from watching football professionally. Well, it sounds delightful. And uh, Andrew Hawes, if if you're listening to this, expect a, a grovelling message because <laughs> that sounds like you're going to be missing a presser and with good reason. Yes. Um, 
yeah, I, I think we could all agree January was a bit much and I needed to get away. So, uh, Andrew Hawes, all eyes on your phone. I, I think Rich will be in touch. <laughs> okay, then. Well, a nice, simple pod, I will say, in terms of recent presses. Sadly, no players this week, which is a great shame because we've had a whole bunch turn up. So it would have been nice to ever heard from one of them but it wasn't to be so let's go back a week to Newport County and I think generally those who went and those who saw the game via the Chateau overseas and so forth saw plenty of improvement saw a good first half and then the return to those bad habits in the second half do you think that's that's a is that what you saw from that very very closed off stand where you cannot see anything other than the pitch yeah, I, I couldn't even really see the heads of the players on the far side of the pitch from where I was, uh, right at the back of of that st- of the massive dam with a Compede logo on the top of it. But um, yeah, I think that's I think it's generally fair. I think first half when them were very good. Yeah, if anything, they actually probably were creating more chances than they had against than against Bradford the week before. So it might even have been a better performance than that one, even if it felt like every shot was sort of. Uh, when someone's trying to strike through the ball, it sort of comes off the top of their foot and loops upwards, uh, which seemed to be a common theme. But it was it was a very strong performance, I thought, even with the way Newport tried to defend Swindon. Um, and then, yeah, so they get the goal and they sit in again. And you're just thinking, how how is this still happening? How can this always happen? But uh, yeah, I think there was, there was plenty of positives to take, really. When you're sort of two-gamed into someone managing a team, you still always have to look. But what uh, look at the signs sometimes more than the performances, and I think generally speaking, the signs even you know they get the a bit of the mojo back towards the end of the game as well, and could still have easily salvaged something points wise. So I, I think there was more than enough to be pleased with. Yeah, and and I've listened I've listened to and read Newport supporters, and I think generally, definitely, um, a draw would have been a fair result, but um, alas, it wasn't to be. Yeah, I think I think a draw is fair out that one, Newport. Credit to Graham Coughlin, he made his changes very well at the, at the break. And as, as much as uh, there were changes made on Swindon's end, they never quite re- restored that dominance that they had in the first half. So a, a draw is probably fair. But the way Swindon games generally go, uh, when when you when you probably get a draw, you you, sh- you usually get a loss instead. <laughs> yeah, and although I've seen Swindon win at um, Rodney Parade, I still maintain that the first half was as good as I've seen. Swindon play there and that that's generally because we are usually quite poor so that that was a positive it's a it's an unnecessary stretch but I I generally thought we were very competent in the first half so what what did Gavin Gunning say about the the Newport game he hadn't um if anything his uh, his assessment had um had ameliorated since since the weekend when he he felt Swindon had been very good and then just went off the boil at the wrong time um, he then kind of came back, and actually, we were even more dominant than I than I'd thought. And there were there were more chances if if better passes were made or better finishes were had um, in that first half. In particular, I think he said Swindon could have been four or five up at the break, which is not too far beyond the realm of the possibility. I think they probably have four or five chances, good chances in that half. Um, so you know, he was he was very very pleased with that. And then uh, he kind of said, off the basis of what he, he's seen so far, he feels like uh, <laughs> once everyone's fit and ready to go, um, which I think I, I think he sort of realised after the Newport game that people weren't as 
well, some some of the players weren't as fit as he maybe hoped they might have been uh, to do what he's trying to do. And then obviously players come in who haven't played so much um, later on in the window. And, uh, you know, he, he said he was feeling like, based on what he's seen so far, if they can get those players to where they want and get that familiarity to where they want, then that's only a positive sign for what Swindon could um, quickly become over the coming weeks. Well, here is hoping. So we've had a final word on Newport and... We cover Newport because it was covered in the presser. Let's have a final, final word on the fans forum, which reappeared. Why, why did that reappear? This was actually discussion beforehand um, when Andrew essentially asked, would you be happy for me to ask this? Um, because obviously of what Gunning said, and we talked about it at the time in terms of um, people not necessarily liking what, what Gavin Gunning had, had to say about the fans forum and people not necessarily having the best um interest of the club at heart and that kind of thing. So it was kind of more addressing those comments than the fans forum itself. Um and Gunning he didn't really walk it back really. So, you know, people are entitled to have their opinion, but um they're wrong in many ways. Um he sort of rephrased it a bit, but it was it was largely in the same direction. Fair enough. Okay, we'll move on um to stuff that happened in the week. Well one particular thing happened in the midweek. Well we we did see the uh, under eighteens beat Oxford, which is a lovely thing. What a time they're having at the moment, but we got confirmation of their opposition for the FA Youth Cup quarter final and that will be our old pals Bristol City and their under 18s they beat Burnley under 18s 3-0 on Wednesday night they're captained by Matt Hewlett's son Callum who scored their first goal from the old penalty spot I'm elated because I will absolutely be doing my utmost to go and I'm sure you'll be elated that you don't have to go up to Turf Moor or wherever they play yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I was, I was willing to go up to Turf Moor. I've got a sort of map of all the clubs in the football league, and I'm trying to tick off, obviously, as many as I can. And I've not been to Turf Moor yet, so I was, I was actually quite excited for that prospect. But um, I mean, I've done press at Ashton Gate before, and it's, it's a very nice ground to be in these days, especially when you're in the big stand. So, I mean, for, for me, it's good fun, and it will be really exciting. As a, you know, obviously they've beaten Oxford this week. Now they've got the, the other big derby to come to see if, if they can achieve what Don Rogers and his um, his merry band of brothers did back in 1963-64. So um, that will be a really exciting game, and I hope as many people as possible try and make it across, given that it's not very far. Mm, yes, and if the Swindonians can make it, then I hope the Bristol Moonrakers will assemble and surrounding areas, because uh, especially if it's at Ashton Gate, the, they're a high-performance centre, in Feyland is is quite a ball ache to get to, and the, the, there's a limited amount of uh, seats there. Uh, so it's not like an on-league ground where it's seats and a bunch of railings. I think they really do limit on who can turn up. So I've been told from a quite reliable source that it's going to be at Ashton Gate. So let's hope that's that's the case. Yeah, I think there'll be a. I think certainly on Swindon's end, looking at, I think you sent the tweet of what Bristol City fans were saying when their account had tweeted that they'd. That they'd made this stage. They're probably not quite as infused as we've been with their but I think there'll be a fair amount of appetite for this game, um, especially as we haven't played 
almost 10 years now since since we last played Bristol City so oh, eight miserable years since that since that 3-0 eight miserable years since that 3-0 Joe and that was a bleak night I can assure you yeah wonderful to have this conversation I think it was in the WhatsApp group where I shared a screenshot of Bristol City fans absolutely having no idea uh, what was going on in terms of the FA Youth Cup and one even having a go at the uh, at the admin uh, for not making it clear who the opposition were despite the whole day of promo from that account saying that they were playing Burnley perhaps Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup is their big fish that they were frying yeah to be fair to them they had they had some other stuff going on but um this is the last eight now this is the this is the big time and frankly, they don't deserve to go through if they don't have a deep understanding of the of the road to this stage. So I hope they get absolutely tonked. Moving on, uh, transfer news. We we thought we'd get a week off from this. Absolutely not. Um, it's fair be well to Tyree Shade, who has joined Solihull Moors of the National League until the end of the season, which means it's almost certain that we'll never see him play in a Swindon shirt again. I think. Joe, it certainly explains why Gavin Gunning was so complimentary of Tyree Shade's final performance against Bradford, which, shall we say, wasn't as good as what Gavin Gunning implied and probably was his poorest performance in the Swindon shirt for some time. So Tyree Shade is gone. There hasn't been much outrage. I've seen a few, but ultimately he was always going to struggle to get in this Swindon side now, especially after what the transfer business in January conjured up a frustrating player who had a frustrating career at Swindon wouldn't you say Joe yeah that's about as good as an explanation for him he's he's always looked like he could be a player but he's played I think almost aside from centre-back he has probably played in virtually every position for Swindon and never really managed to find somewhere that should be his um, everyone who was there that night against Crystal Palace under 21s will remember how good he can be. Uh, but he's realistically, he was what maddeningly inconsistent. And, um, uh, uh, you know, towards the end, as you, as you say, he had actually seemed to put a decent run of form together. But uh, he was eighth choice forward, I think, at this point. Um, and even that versatility probably wasn't going to get him into match day squad. So um, moving to Solihull is probably good for him. It's, it's probably good for Swindon as well, financially, I would imagine. Um, and uh, I, Andrew and I actually quite enjoyed this one because I can't remember. It might have been after the Notts County game um, when he actually scored that night. But um, we've had a joke for a while that he was definitely going to join Solly Hall Moors after leaving Swindon. Oh, and that's exactly how it's gone. There, he's done um, it again. Um, if we're talking predictions league, I'm back, baby. Yeah. Joe Tradamus, is that what you go by? Uh, Joe Stradamus, yes. There we go, apologies. There it is. It, it, it has various uh, skills and, um, well, incredible stuff. What, what, what did uh, Gavin... Well, I can say, what did Gavin Gunning say about Shade? Gavin Gunning went down the same road as, as Michael Flynn used to. I, I don't think I've ever seen such consistent yet so cutting analysis of a footballer. Some really strong quotes, again, in relation to Tyree Shady. Must be very frustrating to work with. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Jody Morris and Scott Lindsay have said not too dissimilar things but about him before. Scott, um, Michael Flynn was clearly the most militant in what he said, but Gavin Gunning came fairly close. Well, technically speaking, he never said Shade, but when asked about 
um, getting the most out of him, he sort of said, well, you know, a lot of young players these days, they're not coachable um, in, in response to a specific question about Tyree Shade. And then said, and sort of, you know, and, you know, and talking about how important it was to take on the information that you're being given and and uh, being able to improve and doing all those things. Uh, again, still without technically saying Shade, but in direct response to a question about him. Um, and, you know, he's not gone quite as far as, as Michael Flynn went once in terms of um, Tyree Shade's character. But after all the talk we've had from... Uh, Jamie Russell at the fans forum in terms of the character of players that they're looking to bring in and I'm, I'm pretty certain four managers have now questioned Tyree Shades so I think the end was the end was always going to be nigh for him yes indeed yes indeed well we wish him well um, I make that six players who have left mid-season for Swindon uh, whether we've wanted them to leave or not, who have played 20 times or more in all comps for Swindon this year. That That is an incredible number. It doesn't feel normal to me. Um, I did a quick skim of the EFL, and I don't think also, as a side, I don't think any other club has played more players than Swindon this season, which stands at 46 in all competitions, um, possibly even the Premier League and National League, which is a big old number. It's particularly impressive when you have a squad size that was more or less 18 for most of the season. <laughs> so, you know, they've they've done pretty well in that one. I was looking at uh, my player rating spreadsheet um, this week and it, it's getting awful long with the number of names I've had to put onto it. The players who have, have played some part of league action, obviously, um, the amount of youth players that played in various cup competitions uh, probably extends that list further. But, um, you know, it's it's very impressive for a, a club that has a very, very small squad, technically. certainly is. And we've Reese Devine to come back, maybe even a final day of the season appearance for Connor Brand. That'll take us to 48. I want to see 50. I want I want a mean to come on. <laughs> I want to see I want to see us hit 50 for the first time ever. This is the this is the most we've played players wise in the history of Swindon, I'm pretty sure, certainly post-World War II. So let's get to 50. Let's raise the bat. I mean, imagine beating out Paolo Di Canio for that prize. That's given that he would shit players in and out within a week. So that's quite some going. And I think, you know, a bit like with the 100 goals, we're close enough now. We may as well just go go for the half century. Let's go for the half century. And yeah, you're quite right about the Di Canio era, which... I think is in the top five, but he could bring in loan players pretty much whenever he wanted, which isn't the case now. So it's harder to field that many players than it was back then, but we're just breaking down the boundaries. Yeah, huge congratulations to everyone at the club who's made this record possible. Uh, sterling <laughs> work from the lot of you. Yeah, what a journey, what a journey. Cool. Right, regular service shall resume then. So injuries seem as good as they have been all season, which makes you go, hmm, this is uh, suspicious, isn't it? Uh, manager goes and then suddenly everyone's getting back to uh, being able to play football. It's good because we want to uh, we want to bring some pride to the season. Who is still out and who's coming back and who shall we... Uh, theorise is, is not going to be available on Saturday. Yeah, we, well, we've got three players who we know are still on the long-term list. Tariq Uakwe, Reese Devine, Tom Clayton. Um, there, was, there was no suggestion of new injuries this week, or at least no one, no one was brought up. Um, those things usually catch us by surprise, technically speaking, um, in terms of a player who will just come from out of nowhere and will have been injured that week and we find out by the, after the fact. But 
in terms of the free um free players that are in long-term injuries it's it's good news all around really Tariq Uakwe has been back in a little bit of training so he's probably like one to two weeks off um at the, from where he is currently but he's coming back in Reese Devine was um said has made some good progress and he could be just a few weeks away um you would imagine Gavin Gunning shares Michael Flynn's approach to being as gentle as possible as you as can be with with Reese Devine given his injury history and his you know he said that it was really good news for Devine because of um, the amount of time he's had to spend on the sidelines and then Tom Clayton was having a re-scan of his injury today which gives you the picture that either something is drastically better or drastically worse than was previously the case um, I guess we'll find out which direction that goes but um, he was he's he's kind of the only one who's not in contention was not close to any level of contention at the moment, but maybe maybe that scan will change things. Yeah, I'll probably say it a lot over the next few months, but I'm really sad with the way Tom Clayton's career panned out. I thought he had tremendous promise at the start of it, and then injuries just killed it, really, didn't it? Yeah, it's it's really sad. That first six months, he was terrific. I remember, I can't remember which game it would have been, but sat with Johnny Leefield and speaking saying, you know, because obviously the the intention was made clear at the time that they were looking to sell players. And looking at Tom Clayton and thinking, this is the guy they're going to sell because he's you know, he's a very talented left-sided centre-back. Um, there's a good market for players like that. And it felt at the time like he was making progress well ahead of expected. And uh, injuries have really, really badly caught up with him. And he's barely played since since the opening six months. And it is, it's very sad for for him and his career and what he could have been for Swindon as well, given the defensive issues. And for those who were there, we'll always have the 60 minutes at Orient for Rhys Devine. Yeah, we never, never. We should get badges made up. Never forget those 60 minutes. I saw them and he looked like an absolute world-beater at times in that game. And then I, the conversations at the time were, he's got to take it steady. He's been out for... And then... As it turned out, he should have taken it steady. But what a 60 minutes it was. Should have had at least two penalties. Yes, indeed, he should have. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him again before he goes. Right, so we've had a couple of weeks of Gavin Gunning running the show. How are things going? Um, yeah, he's. he feel like, he says, that based on the two performances that I've put in so far, um, so he said, if you sort of ignore about 20 minutes against Newport, um, it's been very good. He's been he's been pleased with what the players have have got have got to so far. I think again in that sort of post match press conference at Newport, I kind of asked him ahead of time about the fitness of players, but he he clearly got to the revelation that maybe those fitness levels weren't where he needed them to be for what he was ultimately trying to do. And that kind of discussion of where Gunning wants his team to end up was was quite a big thing and especially for an interim manager um he referred to um recruiting players for a tactical system he's not even using yet so uh, you know go figure on what what the summer will hold um but he's he feels like you know getting that kind of mini pre-season which is something that i remember jody morris talking about as well um in in the middle to try and get the players close to where he needs them to be especially the obviously the new signings where the the problem is bigger in terms of their fitness um, to try and get them able to play how Gunning wants to play. But he, he feels like they've gone in a good direction so far. And in a couple of weeks, this team could, based on what has, has already been done and where he envisages things going, has, has, has got some promise. This 
week saw an interview conducted by the official um, Swindon Town feed with Harry McCurdy. And by the time you're listening to this, the uh, the kit men uh, will have a episode out with Harry McCurdy. And I think it was a real eye opener um, listening to Harry McCurdy in a way that we haven't heard Harry McCurdy talk before. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say this is a different Harry McCurdy to the one that we we saw in 21-22 in terms of he was he, he's done a lot of growing up now you know he's going to score goals he's going to celebrate bow and arrow I'm sure and he's going to g up the crowd and get on the nerves of the opposition like he did so well previously but when I was listening to McCurdy talk about the last couple of years I, I heard a man who was talking with a great more level of maturity than he did during his first spell yeah, absolutely. Um, I do think that in interviews before, I think it might be different with the kit man a little bit, but with interviews with people that he doesn't necessarily know as well, he was always a little bit more restrained than you expected him to be, but he definitely had kind of a, a level of maturity, a level of life experience maybe um, that wasn't present the last time. Um, and he, he definitely, if, if, you know, you could sort of see the the, the sadness in him of, of everything that he's gone to since he left Swindon, the difficulties at Hibernian um, with with multiple things. Clearly, management hasn't helped him, as I, I think the kit men have <laughs> tweeted out a clip of him basically saying that the management, uh, I think, which I believe was Lee Johnson at the time, um, was terrible, um, and of him in particular. Um, and, you know, and obviously all the, the health condition stuff that he's had to go through since that point and he definitely he, he's he's someone who who has possibly lost himself since leaving Swindon based on his words and his demeanor and is is going back to the place that he knew he probably last knew who he was and is looking to find that again which is feels like an awful lot to get out of a club interview but it was it was really really exciting and interesting it certainly was and you get this feeling that it's more than just a cynical signing now, don't you? You get that this transfer is more about getting Harry McCurdy to enjoy his football again, get some confidence back so he can go back to Hibs in the summer and give it a good go if he wants to or indeed restart his career again elsewhere. Yeah, it, you, know, you can clearly see that he is looking at this as kind of a big um, vendor punct in terms of his, his career, really. Of, of, does he... Does he get? Can he get back to where he was? And can he? Um, no, I, th- I think again in that Kitman clip, he, he clearly wants to show Hibernian what he, who he is, and and do all of that stuff. But um, I think it's he's clearly someone who comes here with a point to prove, which which with a January signing is is probably quite quite a useful thing to have. Hundred percent agree. Yep. So listen to the Kitmen pod on Friday, and I'm sure it'll be very interesting. Gavin Gunning was asked about Harry McCurdy, but it was still very much in the what we've heard so far. He played half hour. We saw glimpses. Let's hope he builds from that. In terms of our attacking options, it is quite exciting in the sense that we still have a selection of players that we don't really know. We saw glimpses of Glatzel, and he got the goal, which was great. We've seen glimpses of the other attacking options, and now. I'm really looking forward to seeing it at the county ground because I do think there's potential that we might score two, three, four in a game 
soon once this this attacking team click <laughs> click no idea how many will concede but, but I, I do think there is there are reasons to be excited from an attacking perspective yeah i i, I was really you know i found it very promising watching on at newport because you, know, you don't necessarily know about zach elbazetti and, and sean mcgurk so much but i think what swindon have is seven really quite different attacking players to play across that front three, potentially a front four, because they kind of moved into a 4-2-3-1 during the game, when, particularly when Sean McGurk was on the field. Um, so, you know, they have, they have seven players who are really quite different, and that is, in terms of changing a game or adapting to an opposition, is quite useful. And particularly with um, set, all several of them, certainly at this moment in time, I don't think any single one of them could really play in 90 minutes, or they wouldn't want them to, um, for various different reasons. Um, is uh, is quite exciting in terms of Swindon chopping and changing, and you know, you've got Elba Zed, who's clearly quite a natural winger, wants to get on the touchline and get around the side of people with his pace. But then you've also got someone more like Glatzel, who wants to run in behind and play a bit more centrally, and is kind of a second striker more than he is a winger. So, and then Sean McGurk kind of plays in spaces in front of players. So there's there's quite a lot of exciting different options um, for Gavin Gunning to use, which. I think you kind of have to credit Jamie Russell with that was, was some it's some exciting recruitment if nothing else. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes because even Gunning was quite cautious, especially in relation to fitness with with these attacking players. Yeah, he he laid this McCurdy specifically as being a sort of a twenty to twenty five minutes. Um, is probably all he could manage at the moment. Um, which for <laughs> for everyone uh, who was hoping to pedal the McCurdy homecoming, um. Uh, angle of a story, which was certainly me included um, for the weekend. It's, he's probably not going to be on the in the team to start with, based on that description. But um, yeah, he was he was clearly saying that uh, you know it, it is kind of that balance that's needed in terms of getting them all, getting the new guys up to speed with what he's trying to do and get get them up into fitness at the same time. And you know, particularly this is a. This is uh, not very many Saturday, Tuesdays, but this week is going to be one of them in terms of going into Gillingham. He said that changes and substitutions are going to be quite key in terms of uh, managing the players properly and also um, finding that balance with with keep it with <laughs> making sure that players can play the next game as well. Shall we go to the Joe Zone? Let's do it. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here, enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody, summer is here and when there's no Swindon Town, I do enjoy using my favourite streaming services to watch, you know, the same old comedies I've watched a billion times before. But hey, I love it, okay? So don't judge. Alas, being away overseas on holiday in the chateau means I have to go without some of those shows until I've returned home. But no more. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like 
card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash lowstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and the link is in the podcast episode description box. Enjoy your summer. And Gary Bowyer just pushed over Johnny Williams there because Williams was dribbling the ball out. And he's a genial man, Gary Bowyer, normally, but it's now got a bit involved with the mild-mannered Ben Garner, and it's given everyone an excuse to cluster around the dugouts and for it to all get rather feisty. Um, just wondering about, um, you mentioned in terms of the attacking options and having to rotate, is that kind of the key in terms of keeping all those players happy at the same time from a man management perspective? No one's ever going to be happy if they're not playing. All the players are happy and they're, 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 they're your mate and whatever, but to create a, a successful environment you have to, and it's very tough to do, have it where the boys, when they aren't playing, are happy, and those are the guys you got to worry about. The eleven who are playing, they're fine. They look after themselves. It's them guys who aren't playing. They're the ones you need to take the the extra time because they they're the ones who create the environment. Like they're the ones that are pushing the other guys, and if they're not pushing, the eleven might stagnate and get a bit stale. So is that kind of the key then to? From, from your perspective to making this team reach its full potential is getting those guys to buy in as much as you can? 100% I think the, the the full potential will take a while obviously because a lot of them aren't fit and aren't available for selection properly so hopefully when we, get, when we implement that style fully and those players are available for selection will be a proper side but until then it's obviously just trying to juggle and keep them fit and get them fit on the job which has been good this week we've, we've had a tough couple of days we'll come off them now coming into Saturday hopefully get three points the weekend yeah obviously we've sort of spoken a lot about Matt Smith but in terms of dealing with him the, the way you've talked about him is it sort of fruitless trying to beat him to that first contact is it about getting around him or do you kind of have to do that at, or do you try and chance your arm and do that as well I think it's important not to waste too many bodies getting around Matt Smith when he's in the box, he's a big problem. You've got to get bodies around him. But when you're in these deeper areas and it's a long ball, I think if we, if we go one-on-one, -on -one, that's fine. If he wins it, we're on the second contacts arriving in the space. Whereas if we put two or three into that scenario, then where's their men? That's something that we've got to be wary of and deal with. And then lastly, we saw um, Connor Brown come back from his loan. Is the plan for him just to be the number two moving forwards? Was there any look for outside helping goals so you could get him playing again? Yeah, listen, he, um, obviously I was the loans manager I was speaking to when he was playing. He was doing a fantastic job. Um, Fleets, who's there, doing a good job at uh, Swindon Supermarine. He was, bu he was buzzing, very, very happy with his performances, but unfortunately... We've we've had to recall him, and for us, obviously, he's done really well in training. Um, he'll be the number two to Jack, who looks a proper goalkeeper. Um, yeah, not much more on that one, to be fair. I think probably highly likely that he'll be the number two until the end of the season. Thank you very much.
say what you want about Gavin Gunning. He he does give you detail in in responses to you, doesn't he? He gave it a really good go there. So you asked Gavin Gunning about keeping players happy, dealing with that treacherous Matt Smith and the goalkeeper situation. So did you get what you needed from these? Yeah, I, I would say definitely. Um, you, you can kind of feel week on week Gavin Gunning's answers getting a bit longer. Certainly, and as you say, he's always been quite good for detail. Um, if if before that was possibly slightly short for my own purposes, um, but he's he's you know he's you know the particularly the the um the Connor Brand answer was was very interesting, and I'll be writing about that tomorrow. Um, in in terms of that goalkeeper situation, because I've I've had chats on both sides about that because I've spoken to Stuart Fleetwood before about him, um, and and how and that loan spell and is it's an interesting situation in terms of. Conor Brown was was playing football for the first time ever, really, and Swindon have, um, through a very interesting contractual situation regarding Lewis Ward, have had to pull him back from 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 doing that just to sit on the bench again. So, it's it's an interesting situation, but um, clearly one, you know, that it was it was a needs must, um, for for them to to get a brand in to sit on their bench because Redmond Evans has to play for the under 18s but um it but they can kind of keep a close an eye on him maybe now but um and and you know I, I think we we've probably exhausted the search for free agent goalkeepers earlier in the season so uh, this is where they land themselves i was going to say they may or may not have almost got someone over the line on deadline day but that wasn't to be so welcome back Connor Brown. i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> there i don't think they were ever close to any goalkeepers <laughs> Salford City then. Yeah, of course, we're playing them at a time where they are going through a great renaissance. They looked like they were heading back to non-league, weren't they? So um, there's probably a reason for that, and we don't want to admit it. They're unbeaten in their last five games, and those five games coincide with the appointment of one Carl Robinson. So starting from the 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 one furthest away, they they drew at home to Forest Green Rovers 2-2. Then they beat Crawley away 1-0, drew away at Bradford 1-1, beat Crew away. What a result that was a, a Matt Smith Patrick 3-2. And then another big result, a 3-1 win at home to Wrexham last weekend. Um so we would have probably wanted to play them before 2024. Uh, they've, they've got plenty of players. Yet another team that's down there where you look at their 11, you see Connor McElhaney, you see Matt Smith, you see Callum Morton, Alex Cairns in goal, Luke Garbutt, Declan John, and you wonder how on earth they're down there, but they certainly are, but they seem to be dealing with it now. We've never beaten Salford at the county ground, albeit there's only been two games. We lost to them eh, twice in 2022. Uh, 2-1 loss, Harry McCurdy scoring. Our only goal and then a nil-nil draw in which I think Harry McCurdy got sent off. Maybe even his last home game. Don't quote me on that. So it's it's a big one. It's a big one, Joe, for me, because there are very few people in football that rattle me. You know, that Maguire chap I can deal with. But Carl Robinson, I, I, we have to end this run um, because oh, he, he is one of the only people in football that gets into my skin. He is in the fibre of my annoyances. I <laughs> I really hope we can do one over him. Yeah, he's he's in a really annoyingly good manager, Carl Robinson, given given how given how easily hateable he is. 
And you know, as, as you mentioned, it's, it's a lovely quirk of this game, given how few fixtures there have been, that we've never lost there and they've never lost here. Um, just a, never been a home win in the games. Just very random stat. I, um, hopefully that changes very quickly. But uh, looking that up today, I was like, oh, that's fun. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And like our waveform is really, really good. In, I think the one in October was the first time we didn't take all the points either. And the 3 2, the first one we had, that 3 2 makes it sound like it was a really close game, but we were dominant in that. That was one of the, the Doyle run games, wasn't it? And um, and then the other ones we've. Well, Jacob Wakeling, Jake Wakeling scored that fantastic goal that seems to be forgotten now, doesn't it? Um, last season, where it was a lovely flick. Um, so we, we do have much success there. But yeah, uh, how are you feeling going into this? Because I think there was a lot of excitement going into the Newport game. Then I think the Newport game was a realization that, you know, for all of the you know, impressive signings and rebuilds that there's still work to be done and we are still a mid-table League Two team. But Salford at home should be the one where we're looking at it going, come on, let, let's let's give a team a proper spanking, but then they go and sort their issues out too. Um, so how are you feeling ahead of this? Yeah, it's quite a quandary really because Salford have, have clearly turned themselves around. As you mentioned, that their team is pretty good. That was That was never really the issue. Um, and and all you know, we're we're probably you know three games behind them in terms of development of anything, plus the new signings that came in a bit late. So it's, it's kind of a weird one, really, to to know what to expect because um, because because of the the league positions of both teams. But if anything, we're probably both looking up at this moment in time. Yeah, and a lot has been said, and you asked a question about Matt Smith, mid-30s now, a constant threat in the lower leagues. He's Salford is where he's really settled, scored most of his goals, almost played more games with Salford than anyone else by the end of the season. That will be the case. Can we combat this guy? Do we have the ability to? Uh, he's he's six six, six foot six. Can we deal with this chap? I mean... Uh, in a weird way, Harrison Minton did a great job at the Peninsula Stadium in deal with dealing with him. It was probably his best performance in a Swindon shirt that afternoon um, when he came on for Tom Brewett. So I, I think we can. It's as, as Gervin Gunning kind of says. It's um, in in a couple of answers. It's kind of more about not necessarily dealing with Smith, but dealing in with what Smith wants to do. And because you know, um, with all due respect to to Smith, he's not going to dribble past everyone Maradona style, is he? It's about Know, the ball going up to him. Um, Gunning was talking about how direct they, the team are, and of course they are. They've got him up front, and then he's going to win headers and flick-ons. And it's about stopping them going from their targets more than anything else. Because um, I think I saw early in the week he was he was searching for this this stat in his in his own head, I think. But uh, he's won the most aerial duels in the division. Um, so far this season so it's it's not about necessarily beating him but beating everyone else which would stop him being effective yeah yeah good points he's never scored against Swindon in six attempts and my memory of of Matt Smith is that he tends to struggle against Swindon so hopefully that continues he's going to score a hat-trick now isn't he I'm so sorry everybody I've, I've done this haven't I yeah I mean you have ruined that obviously but I do feel like there is kind of that thing where the hot strikers come to Swindon and they Whenever we play them, they never seem to be that good, as far as I can tell. When, whenever, if 
It'll be someone rubbish who beats us. <laughs> Andy Cook, every time he's in Swindon, I'm like, what? How many goals has he scored? No, um, absolutely not. I'm probably being harsh to Andy Cook. And, and that's certainly not based on Andy Cook that we saw a few weeks ago, because goodness me. Yeah, he's... Uh... He was he was a bit of a state then, but yeah, you always see him. Like, how is this bloke still playing proper football at this age? He's he's never done it against us. Maybe it's just one of those things that we're surprisingly good at dealing with target men for a team who are incompetent in the air. Seems that way. I can confirm. Andy Cook no goals in seven attempts against Swindon. So yeah, God, just just got the knowledge, and I come come sort of natural. It's it's unbelievable what you can what you can pull up <laughs> off the top of the dome, Rich. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned um, Gavin Gunning talking about knockdowns and and uh, Matt Smith. Uh, what else did did he say about Salford? Oh, he's clearly very very taken with them. Uh, I imagine he's only watched the the Carl Robinson games because the other ones are slightly less relevant. But um, um, you know, he was talking about the directness. But he was he was very impressed with the kind of pace they have out wide, which you know, compliments such a tall striker quite nicely, and and uh, Watt in midfield, he was very very impressed with as well, and said he was he was a great player. Um, but uh, but clearly, it's it's it is. I mean, it may have just been our questions to be fair, but um, Salford are very much the Matt Smith team this season, um, with him being you know, second top goal scorer and all that, and uh, just being a, a described by Gavin Gunning as a monster of a guy. Well, yes, he is. Yes, he is. His recent form has been pretty good. He scored against Wrexham. He scored a hat-trick against Crewe. Um, and he, he scored against Forest Green Rovers as well. So he, he's, he's scoring goals at the moment, which, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But whew, Right, so prediction-wise, um, yeah, uh, neither of us got the points for the Newport game, although I think 2-2 would have been fully deserved and justified for me. I'm going to kick things off. I'm going to say 3-1. Possibly Salford taking the lead, and I'm going to say the third will be a late goal by McCurdy to lovely scenes across the county ground. Yeah, that would be a lovely sort of uh, way for it to go down. Um, I think the very thing we've, we've sort of so to say, I'm going to go an ex, a pretty exciting draw. I'm going to say two all. Um, I, th- I, just, I think uh, we're, we're probably still pretty early um, with everything that's going on with Gunning and the players, but. Uh, there's 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 clearly a lot of to get excited about an attack, and I think we should for at both ends have have some fun. I hope so. I hope so. I hope I'm right and you are wrong. Who are you hoping? Because we don't have a player, as I said at the top of the pod. Who are you? Who are you gunning for? Um, but couldn't couldn't get them in the room. Uh, well, my suggestion was actually um, Aaron Drinnen because I was ah. figuring that maybe we would we would save McKerney to be uh, a post game one once he's once he's devastated someone because. Um, I remember the old regimes were sparing with their use of McCurdy in post-match interviews with us. So, so um, I, I think wait, wait for them for him to be undeniable. Perhaps um, there was there was there was another reason that we didn't speak to him because there was a different interview that was kind of diff- not a part of this press conference um, that we did instead uh, of, of the players who were kind of all leaving at the same time. So it was a bit of a make weight. Aaron Drinnen is almost like the forgotten signing of of deadline day there was there was so much like oh and another one another one is another one and then McCurdy stole the show but Drinnen's quite quite an interesting signing and I, I hope it, it it works out obviously because he's joined Swindon but yeah I'd, I'd be really keen to see how he does yeah he's, he's an interesting one because he's he's you know McCurdy and McGurk was possibly more 
Certainly for McCurdy, there's more scope for him to be playing, but you'd imagine Drennan has come in as, as the Austin backup more than anything else because he can't really play on, on the wings. But, uh, I mean, he's, as as I think Gunning has said before, and as, as was the point made, he's scored goals here before. He probably would expect to be more than just a backup normally. So um, a permanent signing for a player of his quality is, was actually a lot more exciting than it was, it was probably allowed to be with, with the with the other stuff that was going on. Mm, yes, um, and unlike those rubbish prolific scorers in Matt Smith and uh, Andy Cook, uh, Drilling has goals <laughs> for for the opposition against Swindon, that brace, of course, at Leighton Orient. Well, there we go. You're going 2-2, I'm going 3-1. People will like me more, which is most important, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm talking to you before Gillingham, is that right? Yes, uh, we'll, we'll be fine for Gillingham, and then Ooh. after that, obviously... Uh, Andrew Hall step up and and steal the show once again. Hopefully, hopefully not step up, but you know, steal the show, but step up certainly. Joe, speak to you on Monday. Thank you very much. Speak soon, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.